Father, we just come to you this evening, Lord. Wherever we gather, whichever place we gather, we gather in one name, one name alone, O Lord, the name of Jesus. You're given only one name under heavens, that there is salvation, Lord. Oh, Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, that you have given us that name. As we come together in your name, Father, I pray you will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the spirit of understanding that we might not only hear but understand and grow in you and in the knowledge of you, Lord. Even now, Father, as we study the word, we pray, Father, teach us. Continue to teach us your ways. Show us your paths. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. That you will have a set of people in every place who are set apart for you, for your kingdom, for your glory, for your honor. Teach us, Father, even tonight. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We'll continue where we stopped on Sunday. So you remember your Sunday sermon. We go to Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18. That's the last words of Second Peter, of Peter's final epistle. It's very familiar words. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Scripture says there, grow in the, in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have heard this before, but they go together. In the world also we know this fact that what we call is, uh, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. In the world also, the more you know, the more you go up. Because knowledge is power. But here we are called to grow in the knowledge of God. Which is actually even more powerful. Only thing we don't know how to use it. People don't realize the knowledge of God is more powerful than all the knowledge that is available in this world. Much, much more powerful. Okay? That's what the Bible is talking about. Knowledge and power grow in the grace of and grow in the knowledge grace you have to see grace as actually as the very power of god the holy spirit the very power of god that's grace if you see grace as that prayer you say before eating we are missing out on what actually grace is we are saved by grace what does it mean people think it of what has mercy as forgiveness but it is much more than that. Grace is the very power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It is the power of God. So God says, you will grow in grace as you grow in the knowledge of God. Okay, they're, they're directly proportional. If you do not have the knowledge of God, then the, but the grace that you can actually appropriate in your life for all that we face is very, very limited. We need knowledge of God and we need the grace of God. Okay? In 1 Corinthians 1.24, scripture says about Jesus as being the wisdom and the power of God. Okay? Jesus is the wisdom, the knowledge of God. The wisdom and the power of God. Christ 
Okay? I'll read that verse for you. It is, says it this way. For, but to those whom God has called, we believe we are called, both Jews and Greeks. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Okay? If we were not called, we would not be saved. It's God who makes the first move. Okay? Nobody is saved who was not called. We did not choose God. God chose us. So to those who have been called, Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. Okay. Now we go to, I'll connect it all together. We go to another very familiar verse in chapter 6 of book of Ephesians where it talks about we fight powers, rulers and all that. But before we get into any of that, this is what the Holy Spirit tells through Apostle Paul. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That is 6.10, Ephesians 6.10. Or uh, other versions will say above all, right? Above all. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Okay. So you put it all together. This you will see. God is talking about the power of God. That is grace. And it is the knowledge of God that gives us the knowledge. Actually, how to appropriate this power actually into our day to day life, which is called faith. Okay, faith is not an idea. Faith is not an incident in our life. Faith is the way to which God has called us to live. Okay, live. Both to live by faith and to fight by faith. If you look at Ephesians 6, that 10 will say, above all. And if you come to Ephesians 6, 60, it will say, above all, take up the shield of faith. Okay, because we, we have to come back to faith. But the, the, the issue with faith is this. Faith, you cannot trust somebody whom you do not know. You cannot trust somebody whom you do not know. Let us take little, uh, say Zoe is the smallest here. Let's take Zoe over here. And let us say, Zoe comes, somebody, let's say, uh, somebody Zoe doesn't know. Let's say, Pastor Danu, Zoe doesn't know Zoe. Pastor Danu well. So he puts her on that ledge and says, jump. And she will say, no. No. On the other hand, Abel or Priyanka goes over there and says, jump. And she jumps. And he asks, why didn't you jump? She says, because I don't know you. I don't know you. Meaning, I don't know you. So I don't know whether I can trust whether you will catch me or not. This is what is, that is why the Bible, Peter's last words to the church, the Holy Spirit speaking is, grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. Because if you don't know who God is, you will trust him very little. And trust is that main factor of faith. And without faith, you don't have access to grace. Need to understand, that's the whole purpose, practice. Oh no, I don't, I don't need to know God. When I go to heaven, I will know God, which is true. Everybody will know God. But why do we need to know God today? Because without knowing God, you cannot trust Him. And without trusting a person, that is the person of Jesus Christ of God, how do you receive grace? How do, and grace is how we are called to live. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. So the core of faith, the center of faith is basically when we say faith, simple words to explain you says, I believe. When you say, I believe, you say, I trust. That's why we, we should stop thinking about faith 
as in terms of religion. The issue with religion is that your faith is in your strength to keep the rules of religion. When believer says, I know I am saved, they are putting their trust in Jesus. It's in a person. The issue is that faith, like we saw on Sunday, can be a set of precepts by which you are called to live. But we will find if you detach the person of Jesus Christ, it's very difficult to live. Very difficult to live because you don't have the power to live by what he has told you to live. So faith has two factors. One, he says, live like this. Second, he says, you trust me and by faith receive that power to live that way. Both that ethical, moral life he's calling us to, but more that the very life of God, but also how to handle situations and issues. Okay, and also remember, you grow in faith. You grow in faith. How do you grow in trust in a person? Only, let me tell you this very clearly, only if you learn to hear from him. Hear from him. If you don't hear from him, you cannot grow in trust in him. What is happening to Christianity, all of us, including me, all of us, what happened is that after I came to the Lord, I grew in one area of faith, that is the precepts of Christianity, without growing in hearing from God, the personal relationship with God. Are you getting the difference? You can grow, ah, okay, this is what... But it's basically like the Ten Commandments. No, it's, yeah. It's basically like the Ten Commandments. We are not talking about that at this point. We are talking about hearing from the person of God. Mm. The person of God. You will not grow in faith until and unless you on a regular basis actually hear from God. Because we have a God who is a personal God. A personal God who speaks I'm telling you, most of our confusion is not the storms we face, the trials we face, the mountains. It's because we are not hearing from God. It's because we are not hearing from God. If we hear from God, it will suddenly make what you call really a paradigm shift from God. Because the call of God is, the walk of faith is from faith unto faith. Meaning you Constantly keep hearing from God. Faith unto faith. Okay? If, you, if I don't hear from God today, then I revert back to the good side of Christianity, the, the, the moral side of Christianity, which is good. But I haven't heard from God. I haven't heard from God to do something which is outside of religion. Outside of religion. Meaning that's basic. All of us will not be called to do, go out and do something, but all of us have been called to a life of prayer. And for a life of prayer to be a life of faith, you have to hear what to pray for something specific today. Which is connected with the king and the kingdom. Otherwise, what does our prayer become? It also becomes a part of religion. Without it becoming something specific which God has told us. Connected with somebody who may not even know. Okay? Because our God speaks. Otherwise we will revert back to religion. And religion is sight. Religion is sight. And in sight you know 
insight in this world also you know knowledge is power money is power influence is power all this is so imagine a person in the world who has money who has influence and who has knowledge is very powerful but god says compared to this person a man a woman or a child of faith can actually beat this person in the game every time because what we have access to they never have they never have okay they have access to only created things god gives us access to the creator let's look at a simple example go to mark chapter 5 okay mark chapter 5 and i'll read from this very familiar example but we will read okay mark 5 from 25 a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 25 years okay she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had yet instead of getting better she grew worse okay so if you look at the beginning of her life when the disease started she had money she had knowledge okay she had money knowledge she used that went to one doctor it didn't work next specialist well, let's look in today's you no know, close by went to rush didn't work went to yashoda didn't work went to care did not work okay that's what she is trying that's what people do they go check out and go to the next one the next one recommended recommended go there go there go there gather finally but what does scripture say she grew worse her strength medicine money effort everything nothing is working she grew worse and not only that scripture says she spent all she had she spent all she had money is running out and then scripture says she heard about jesus she heard about jesus everything will change now she heard about jesus and that's where faith emerges faith will emerge only when you first hear about jesus okay that's how when you're an unbeliever first uh, somebody will tell you about jesus why don't you go to that church why don't you go to that meeting this meeting is take why don't you mm. you hear about jesus okay she hears about jesus scripture says she went from the behind and she has faith she heard about probably heard different okay he touched and he touched and he spoke and he didn't even touch he spoke and she's thinking hey hang on the power is real then it will flow through any means even if i go from back without making him unclean touch the hem of his garment i will be healed and actually she is healed now look at the other side of it when she is actually healed from a disease of 12 years it cost her nothing Well, cost her nothing it's free that's what god is talking about it's free it's free okay Don't look at all you have to look at what god says the the advantage god's people have oversight look at everybody everybody who is studying 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 study you also study and then when the exam time comes daniel is 10 times better only because of faith not because of studying hard he studied hard that's a part of it but because of faith is up there at the top you tell me is joseph prime minister of egypt because of hard work or because of faith it's faith it was free this promotion was free this promotion he didn't do 
anything if you look by sight to receive promotion. Nothing. He did what was by faith to receive his promotion. Do you see the advantage of faith? Do we see the advantage of faith? And God looks at it and says, <laughs> because I will tell you, success by sight, which comes through sight, the worldly ways, usually if you look at anywhere in the world, ultimately will cost you your health and often your relationships. And you reach the top empty with nothing. It costs you your health. The way people actually have to rise to the top today, sleepless nights, on pills to remain awake, and all kind of stuff they do. The family breaks down, the marriage breaks down, because you are going for success and it will cost you. And you reach the top, you are empty. So if you actually see through eyes of faith in the Bible, and try to calculate, okay, the victories in the Bible that came through faith. Try to calculate the cost in sight. If you had got this victory by doing the way things in the world it would have done, can you imagine what is the price tag? At 40, when Moses took the sword, he was actually going by sight. God has called me to free Israel. So he's thinking in terms of a typical Egyptian general who realizes I am Jew. So he's probably thinking, I will gather them, make them into a fighting army, prepare them, fight the Pharaoh and the army, we will overthrow them and we will walk out. It would have cost tens and thousands of Jewish lives. The price tag should have been a long drawn out war, cost tens and thousands. Instead, they didn't lose one life. <laughs> They just walked away, plundering the Egyptians. It didn't cost one life. Think about, in sight terms, how would they have crossed the Red Sea? Half the nation fighting Pharaoh's army to keep them away. The other half trying to make boats. That's what they do, right? That's exactly what they do. Keep the enemy while they are blowing up bridges or making bridges. That's what the modern day armies do. One side and the other side, you have Bailey's bridges and all that. Okay, but nothing. Did you see in terms of sight what it would have cost of feeding in the desert for 40 years? Logistically impossible. Impossible. Or taking Jericho. The walls coming down. Now, why are these things written over there? These things are written over there for our sake. God is saying, do you see the advantage people of faith have? And he says, why are you not appropriating that advantage is simply because we don't believe. And because we don't believe, we don't hear. Because it's very difficult, honestly, as if you look in terms of as a person, it's very difficult for you to continuously speak to somebody who doesn't trust you. Would you speak? All your close friends are those whom you trust, to whom you speak most. Am I right? Yeah. How does God speak to somebody who doesn't trust him? How does God speak? How does God speak? So, that trust factor is the whole thing. So, the focus of every Bible study is that we know God. 
and trust him that's why all these records are written know him and trust him know him and trust him why because more than we can ever think of god wants to do incredible things through us that's why it's always in history looking for somebody who believes so that through that person he can do a great work and when that set of people is saved he wants looking among them for somebody else who will believe are we getting the picture that's why we all and, and god is not a respecter of person because when it comes to faith nothing matters it doesn't matter whether you have money or no money you have lots or less whether you have influence or no whether you are strong or none of these things which matters in the world matters only thing that matters is do you believe can you hear will you believe will you trust me and it he doesn't take you from one distinct to there in one day no it doesn't it takes you by stages but every stage you have to hear okay so connected with it because this is connected with like i said no god said these signs shall follow those who believe these signs shall follow those who believe so you know israel yet said israel shall be a sign and a wonder to the nations and the church every individual is supposed to be a sign and a wonder to the nations that when they look at you they will realize how did he do this how did she do this it's not possible they don't have that kind of education they don't have that kind of money they don't have any influence but how did they do this because these things matter in the world and that's what god says he picks certain kinds of people who don't have any of these things so that they can be a sign and a wonder to the world okay so let's turn today to acts chapter 2 okay verses 1 to uh, acts chapter 2 let's go to acts One, two, four. When the uh, yeah, Pastor Vijay, could you read it for me? When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Yeah, that is ASV. Can I read somebody? NJ, NKJV, NKJV, KJV, anything? Yeah. If you have KJV. Oh. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. they were all in one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the holy ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave to this is the beginning of the church okay beginning of the church the signs are started signs have started so we have to always go to go to the beginning and you'll always see in 2000 years of church history the revival was always the same the pattern was always the same always the same but remember before he this all this thing happened he gave them two commands one command was go the other command was wait okay you will see that in matthew 28 and you will see in acts chapter 1 first is go preach 
and make disciples. Second is, but wait till you receive power. Okay? That's why it's so important to hear both. The thing is that many who heard go went without waiting. Without waiting. Now, when God says go and wait, you should wait and go. Okay, have to, that's where Jesus constantly talks about hearing, 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 hearing. So the first two commandments were, go, preach, make disciples. But before they could go, he said, wait in Jerusalem, because you can't do this otherwise. You need power, unless, until you receive power. So when it comes to this question, wait, okay, because this is all, this wait is a very neutral term to all of us, okay, wait. The question will start arising. How long should I wait? <coughs> Connected with anything, your job, your marriage, anything. God is saying, wait. Slowly the issue will come. How long should I wait? How long should I wait? You see, if you look into scripture, God has his time for everything. Scripture actually says, in his time, he does everything. Makes everything beautiful. So for anything specific, God has his time. The, our issue is waiting for his time. So if you look at the narrative, that's why I wanted it in KJV or NKJV. Scripture says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Fully come. Okay. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Okay. That was the key. When it had fully come. They did not know. God knew. They didn't know which day it was going to come. God knew. That's what I said. It means it that's where trust comes in. I can trust this person. His love and his power. Both. Love alone is not enough. His power. So God shows these two continuously through the Bible. I love my people and I have the power to save them. Okay? Both. The love alone won't help us. Love and power. So, how long do I wait is the question. How long is the wait? Until that day fully comes. Okay? Now, let me add a subtext to it. Wait does not mean waste. Wait does not mean you waste your time. Okay? Does not mean God told me to wait, so let me go buy a hammock. Okay? Or a rocking chair. No, no. Wait does not mean waste. In their particular case, in this particular case, you will see in Acts chapter 1 and verse 14, scripture says, 114. Yeah. One accord. In prayer. Supplication. They were not wasting their time. They said, oh, God told us to wait, so let us all sit together and wait. No, they came together in prayer and in supplication. Just because God said, I'm going to do something and you need to wait, does not mean we should not pray. Should not pray. This is one of the biggest mistakes believers make. Because God has promised I don't have to pray. God says, no, you still have to pray your way through. Still have to pray your way through. They were in one accord praying and making supplication. Making supplication. So God says, wait, don't waste your time. Like anything, apply it to your, like let's say, young person, 
uh, he says, wait until that job comes. What do you do? You prepare to as- acquire as many skills as possible. Okay. Okay, skills as possible. You don't waste your time away. You don't waste, like if you know what God wants you to do, but when will that call come? You do not know. Because you know what he wants you to do, you prepare to acquire all those skills that is connected with that. So you know, I believe. God knows, you believe. Because faith can be seen. Okay. So when God says, wait, okay, you have to always ask, Wait. The next question is, wait for what? Wait for what? Right? Go to Acts chapter 1. Again. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. You need to know what you are waiting for. What are you waiting for? Okay? In this case, apply that into your personal life. They are waiting. God has promised something. Hmm. And it is a gift. What does it mean? You don't have to earn it. It's a gift. Hmm. You only have to prepare yourself to receive it. You don't have to work hard to earn it. Wait for the gift. Everything God gives is free. It's a gift. Only thing, the vessel has to be prepared to receive it. That's the only thing. So, what are you waiting for? You're waiting for a gift. Okay, when this gift comes, or why should I wait for this gift? Why can't I go without waiting for this gift? Answer is given in verse 8. It says, but when you receive this gift, what will you receive? You will receive power. You will receive power. When I receive this gift, what am I receiving? I'm receiving power. And what does that power enable me to do? Enables me to be a witness. Okay, so you will see in that whole thing, everything. So you apply into your part, particular situation and that's how you break it down. Waiting, waiting is not wasting. God is calling you to do something. But what are you waiting for? You're waiting for something that God has promised. We're very clear what has God promised you. It's a gift. What happens when you receive that gift? It gives you power. What is the power? It is the power to be a witness of the king and the kingdom. That's how you apply it. Okay? Now, we know it took them 10 days. 10 days from ascension to Pentecost is 10 days. And we know 10 is the number of judgments. Judgment is a, because when you hear judgment, you only think about the criminal code. That's the problem. Okay. Think about, instead of judgment, let us use the term examination. So God is examining us before he gives us the gift. They come through their examination and God gives them the gift. Put it only at He's examining it. And once we pass the exam, like, you know, now only I think Telangana State Board is left. CBSE, ICSE, Kerala Board, everything has come out. Okay, only Telangana. Telangana is only the last one to come, okay? So you know what happens at the end of the exam when the results come out, okay? And God always gives examinations to his children to promote them. Because he's a father. He's not this angry principal. He's the father who wants to promote <laughs> Who wants to promote his children. Always think it that way. God is good, so all his examinations are good. 
okay not like dr richard ha ah, cancer no hope god looks and sees cancer he will say healing that's a difference you may give the same diagnosis with a different word no the different word he says yes you have cancer but i can heal you okay so they come through now go to acts chapter 1 and words 50 there okay you know we don't have to actually go you will see all together men women all column 120 okay what does it actually say 120 but if you know from corinthians uh, 15 when paul talks about god appearing to peter and john and the other apostles and finally to him unnaturally born but it says to over 500 500 okay This is an incredible statement made by a man of God. He said something. This is because we don't know. Bible doesn't tell you what happened to the others. Why weren't they there? One of the things he said is, "If you," this man of God said, "Is if you live slow, you will die slowly." Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you are always late in doing things, you can also will. no that will end up as nobody in god's kingdom we don't know what happened to this 380 plus you will never be a leader in god's kingdom by hanging in late in any picture photograph or ancient times paintings you will never ever see a captain at the back the captain is always in the front Okay, always in the front. It's a fundamental thing. Children need, young people need to never be late. Never be late. It's a, sim- it's a simple discipline. You just take. You never be late. Okay, late comers may be just given entry into the kingdom, but they do not go to the front to lead. Never be late. That's if you want to be a. captain in the lord's army or be the bride of christ or the bride of christ remember those who were late only saw the door shut the bridegroom is in and you know what all the young pretty girls of haran felt when they knew rebecca had taken the most eligible bachelor in the world why because she was first she was first She was there first at the well. Okay, this has got to do with everything connected with God, because you will never know which day, which hour, which place are you going to get your revelation, your blessing, your anointing, your breakthrough. You never know. Nobody has any clue. Nobody has any clue. Remember Philip running after. the chariot like i said if he had been slow he would have missed his text <laughs> he ran and as he ran and reached the chariot was exact text from which he should preach okay please understand this thing because the devil will keep many home many home and they don't realize why they lost the breakthroughs and their anointing and the revelations that some people All you need to keep them home from church is to feed the cat. Okay. 
That's it. If you, I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about believers. No. That's one of the interesting things which I read about the apostles, the prophets, the patriarchs, and Jesus. I never see a single one of them going around with a pet. Though I love animals. Have you ever seen? Oh, Abraham left Haran with a dog. <laughs> the Bible talks about so much about animals, but you will never see an obsession with these things anywhere. Okay. Never see an obsession. Because I'm talking about, no, we hear all these other kind of testimonies from, no? U.S. and all, obsessed dog and dog's beauty parlor, doors clippers and the dog dies, $10,000 funeral for the dog, win the will, my old man is dying, leaves it for the dog, makes a trust for the dog. And you know, you get obsessed with these things. Be on time as far as it is possible. Everywhere people gather in God's name. If you're going, be on time. Be ahead of time. You know why? Because you never know when is your time. Now let's go f- back to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Yeah. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Fully come. They were all there. They were all. all. They were all. They were all there. Once who began 10 days early, nobody had dropped out. They were all there. They were all. They were all. This is a very fundamental thing with church and church movements. Okay? You never know when God is going to move. The thing is that on the day of Pentecost, they were all there. The ones who began on the first day, they were all there on the 10th day. They were all there. They were all. That's the first thing. They were all. Second? They were all with one accord. One accord? In one place. One place. Okay. Doesn't say when the day of Pentecost had fully come, most of them. It doesn't say some of them. It doesn't say almost all of them. It says all of them. In one accord. And in one place. It's a very difficult thing for God to work this out. Because first to get all is very difficult. Then if you get them all, you cannot get them to one accord. And if you get them to one accord, they will not gather in one place. <laughs> you know, it, it is, if you look at it, you actually look at it in modern terms. There is something which you don't, know, you don't even know what it is. God's Spirit managed to get them all and got them into one accord and in one place. Okay. One place. All. One accord in one place. And the Holy Spirit has done that work before he can release unlimited power. Unlimited power into the hands and lives of mortal men and women. Simple, weak, unlearned men and women. None of them are learned in that. Paul is not even there. Okay? One accord, they have come together. So I believe they spend time, pray, we know that, in the word, okay, in the word, discussing, remember, 40 days, first he prepared them. Jesus prepared them the first 40 days. What did they teach them? He taught them about the kingdom of God. 
Ten days they prayed. Forty days he taught. Okay? Because without teaching, you don't know what to pray for and how to pray. So, forty days he prayed about, he taught about, Bible is very clear, about the kingdom of God. And ten days they prayed. And when they, ten days they prayed, suddenly they remembered, this is how we should pray. Thy name, thy kingdom, thy will. So, it's all about the kingdom. So, it's very easy to come into one accord when you have a common purpose. We are not able to come to one purpose because our purposes are different. It's not connected with the king and the kingdom and his will. If everybody is hearing only about the king, the kingdom and his will, the king, the kingdom, and all of us are under the same king, the same kingdom, some same will, it is easy to come to one accord. One accord. So after three and a half years ministry plus 40 days, 50 days, Jesus' spirit has managed to bring 120 people to one place, one accord. Okay? One accord. And then the next verse. How does it begin? And suddenly. Suddenly. See, you read through the Bible, God often does things suddenly. suddenly. It actually means unexpectedly also. Suddenly. When something suddenly happens, we did not expect it. Suddenly. So, it means our God is a God who does things suddenly. So, better be prepared because there is no time to prepare. (laughs) Sudden exam comes suddenly, you know, there is no time. Suddenly, you realize there is no time to prepare. Our God is a God who does things suddenly. Because our God does things suddenly like the thief in the night he will come. There is no time to prepare. They were all looking in the transfiguration on the mount and they were talking, we'll make peace. Suddenly there was a voice from heaven. This is my son. So it was like a double shock. Once they saw him is real, second they heard a voice from heaven. Suddenly. Okay. When Paul, Apostle Paul, whose name was Saul, with his company was going on the road to Damascus, scripture says, suddenly, there was a light like 10,000 suns shining around. It was suddenly, unexpectedly. Meaning, with God, expect the unexpected. Because you never know with our God when he breaks through. It's a God who breaks suddenly. Okay, They were beaten, their backs were broken, Legs were locked in the stocks, thrown in the midnight hour into the jail, and they were singing and praying, and scripture says, suddenly, there was an earthquake. Suddenly, there was an earthquake. Okay, this is where faith comes. You look at all these things, it says, Lord, when? And when you, if you when you don't realize, suddenly, a proposal comes for Hannah, and it is a believer. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly, okay. never know, okay. never know, suddenly, okay, okay. <laughs> suddenly, you never know, suddenly, okay. Elijah and Elisha cross River Jordan and they're talking and talking. Suddenly, the chariot of fire came and took wow. Elijah. Suddenly, you go through the Bible. Actually, you go through a list of suddenly connected with God. You'll be very, very surprised. Suddenly. 
Okay? Suddenly. Okay? That's why, you know, if you really sit and study the word of God, it's better than any fast-paced Hollywood movie. It's very interesting how God does his things, okay? Because all these movie ideas, we got it from God. Exactly. Okay? Okay? Okay. Now, for 10 days, they've been praying, teaching, listening, hearing, whatever, all these things were happening. They were listening to the voice of men. For 10 days. What does the scripture say? Next verse. Uh, then suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Heaven. Suddenly there came, they came a sound from heaven. Suddenly they came a sound from heaven. That's the key. It's not suddenly. Suddenly what came? A sound, sound from, from heaven. That's what makes the difference. We have heard so many earthly voices. We need to hear from heaven. Suddenly they heard not the voice of man, but the voice of God. Because it doesn't matter how great the man is. It can never compare to the voice of God. Amen. Never. Never to the sound of God. Sound of heaven. It never has the same power. Yeah. Now suddenly scripture says there came a sound from heaven. Let me go to the next one. What was it like? As of a rushing mighty wind. Like a rushing mighty wind. When Elijah was on Mount Horeb, it was a whisper. Whether it is a whisper or a rushy, mighty wind, it's both Ruah, the Holy Spirit, which is breath. The Holy Spirit can, which is, which means breath, and Jesus is the word, so we suddenly understand God is speaking to us. God is the person. His spirit is the breath, and His son is the word. That is how communication takes place. I speak to you, the breath comes, and there is sound. Okay, and God says, for your sake, I'm putting myself in that term. I am. My son is the word. My spirit is the breath. And the spirit can be a whisper or a mighty a rushing wind. That's awesome over there. Okay? And if you go to the next word, and it filled all. It filled. It filled. So always expect no, always. This is all connected with our expectations. That if I prepare myself, God is not going to leave me half empty. He's going to fill. fill. Always, always believe. He's going to fill. Filled, scripture says. Filled. What? The whole house. The whole house. God's people, all in one accord, in one place, this is God's desire. He fills the whole house. He's, he's, he's not a conjuice. In anything he does, anything he does, even let me tell you when it comes to finances, he's not. When he feeds with phylos and two fish, it's not that he fed 5,000. They had 10 baskets of leftovers. That's our nature of our God always. Okay, when they had run out of wine, he filled six jars, and these are the huge, the biggest jars kept to wash feet. <laughs> that's the nature of God, because that's his nature. He wants. That's why you remember his command to the servants: fill the jars. He didn't say just pour some water into. He said fill the jars. So always, when you think about God. It's like that story you have heard, one version from Pastor Vidya, another version from me, you know, different stories. The little boy, you know, says take, he says no. Because always remember, this is my God. 
this is my God. Don't ever go to God and say, Lord, just give me five rupees for today. <laughs> it's an insult. No, it's an insult. Okay? <laughs> really, really, it's an insult. Okay, he actually he feels sorry for us. Okay, okay? so please remember, Scripture says he filled the place, and he filled each individual. And as an individual, remember, we too are a tripart being as a spirit, soul, and body. He actually wants to fill all three with his goodness, with his power. Okay? And then, read, fill the? Fill the whole place. Uh, house. Fill the whole? House. House. Okay. Fill the whole house. You look back into Acts chapter 2 onto the record of any church. What's its name? Every church began in a house. Yeah. Only when they grew too big, they hired a building. Mm. Every church. Mm. Why, why is that God so particular starting with Acts chapter 2 onwards in history to start a church in a house? Because house represents a family and God is a family man. He's mm. not an organization man. Organization can meet in, meet in buildings. Churches always began in houses, including us. This whole family on earth gets its name from God who is a father. So you will see it is a house. This house is where a family lives. So actually, you actually, if you really take a second and look inside, you feel better here than in the church. No, that's the church. This is a much more nice, warm feeling, cozy feeling because you're in a house and not in a building. The house is a building. Every building is not a house. Started in a house. And scripture says, God is building a house. God, and wisdom builds a house, not a building. Okay? Never ever forget, the church is a house. And we are called the household of God. We are not called the organization of God on earth. No. We are called the household of God on earth. Because he is the builder of the house. And second, continue that same line. And the whole house? Where they were sitting. They were, where they were sitting. Mm. It's interesting. That's why today is interesting. I'm standing, you're all sitting. Mm. Where they were all? Sitting. sitting. Okay, so worship leaders, it's absolutely okay to ask if you want to sit, you can sit. In the new covenant, your bodily position does not matter. The only thing that matters is the attitude of your heart. Mm. If your heart isn't right, it doesn't matter whether you're flat on your face. It makes no difference to God. But, no, because sometimes we forget to tell and there are older people, no, with sticks and all. Let them sit down. But even a young one, no, maybe tired. Let them sit down. There's no issues. What is, see, that's what I said. No, if your heart is not right, it doesn't matter what your posture is. On the other hand, if your heart is right, again, it doesn't matter what your posture is in the new covenant. Remember, when the greatest event took place 2,000 years ago, they were all sitting. They were all sitting. They were all, scripture doesn't record. If scripture had recorded that, they were all standing with their eyes closed, hands upraised. Everybody would be waiting for the Holy Spirit like this all 2,000 years. God says, no one has any idea when he will come, so sit down. Relax. You have no clue. Otherwise, you'll be sitting for 10 days. <laughs> okay. Relax. Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing is this. The more important spiritual fact is Ephesians 2.6. 
Why were they sitting? What is the spiritual significance? Scripture says, God has raised us up with Jesus Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places. Okay? 2.6. Okay? We are seated with Christ. It's not that Christ is seated and we are all standing. No, he says you are seated with him. That is a position of rest. It's a position of rest. That is our greatest struggle. If you know Hebrews uh, uh, chapter chapter 4 and verse uh, 10 and 11, Scripture says, anyone who has entered into God's rest has ceased from his works just like God has. God has. Okay? Therefore, we should make every effort Diligent effort. What is that? Read that verse next 7, 11. Let us therefore strive, strive. Labor, labor to enter into that rest. Into that rest. That is the key. So they were all sitting. Sitting is a position. So we will see that Mary is sitting, Martha is standing and worrying. Sitting is always a spiritual sign of rest. They were sitting. Okay. That's what God is talking about. Whatever real issue you are facing, doesn't matter how big it is. Unless you sit, he can't do anything. He can't do anything. Now, these are all spiritual truths connected with faith. Okay? Okay, faith. Like some of you may be thinking about dinner. What to eat, what to cook, where. This is one set of people who are not wondering. It doesn't even cross their mind. They are seated, they are playing, and they reach home, they will say, where is dinner? (laughs) God actually wants that from us. Actually wants us that from us. Okay? That's what I said. Faith is a lifestyle. We are called to live by faith. Faith is a love set. They are seated in Christ Jesus. We are seated in Christ Jesus and he said, in life, my child, my children, your greatest struggle should be to enter into my rest. Every day we'll have to fight like David and say, my soul, oh yeah, you don't pass. These two. These things are too big for me. I'm not going to concern myself with this because I can't handle it anyway. So you're going to sit down spiritually and hand it over to God. And that's what God is looking for. And the reason God is not able to do much in many lives is because we are not sitting. Sitting is an attitude of absolute trust because God cannot fill those who are anxious because they are already filled with anxiety. <laughs> he cannot fill those who are fearful because they are already filled with fear. He cannot fill anybody who is grieving because you are already grieving. He wants you to be at rest. At rest. That's the key they were sitting. Next. Next slide. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Fire. The next thing that is mentioned over there is fire. The fire of God is put across in the Bible. It's a symbolic actually of the Holy Spirit, okay, of, of one as the sanctifying fire and the consuming fire. God comes across as this. For believers, he is the sanctifying fire. The unbelieving world, ultimately, it will be the consuming fire. So these things, God's spirit, okay, is put across as fire. Now, 
If you look at Genesis chapter 19 verse 24, I believe this is the, it's the Holy Spirit who is actually the fire. Okay, the Holy Spirit. He is the refiner's fire. It's the Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 19. Okay, this is Lot and his family are taken out. Safety out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Judgment is coming. How does judgment come? Reading your Bible interesting. Then the Lord rained on Sodom. Then the Lord rained on Sodom. And Gomorrah, sulfur and fire from the Lord. Ah, sulfur and fire from, from the, the Lord. Lord. Uh, out of heaven. Out of heaven. There are two lords here. One is the Lord on earth, that is Jesus. And there's another Lord there. The Lord on the earth told the Lord in the heaven, rain down fire. Time has come. And it's the Holy Spirit. It's the consuming fire. The Holy Spirit is water has judgment and water has salvation. Judgment is always. We see, we have to realize when the act of judgment comes, it is the Holy Spirit who does it. The act of sanctification is the Holy Spirit who does it. So the Holy Spirit comes as Fire. Fire. This is connect, that is why it is connected like you will see. Is, is there an issue here with the writer of Hebrews and the writer of Leviticus? Because the writer of Hebrews will say the altar of incense was in the most holy place. Well, the Leviticus will say the right, the, the altar of incense is in the holy place very close to the most holy place. Wait to the way. Okay. But another thing is there. You have the Ark of the Covenant. You have the Cherubim. Okay. And the mercy seat from where God speaks. Okay. Now, this is only a physical representation of what is happening in heaven. You have to read Ezekiel to see what actually happens in the heavenly realm in chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. Ezekiel 10, verses 1 and 2. I'm very comfortable, okay, because this is the way I used to preach in the underground churches. It's like real living. This is how we used to gather. Nobody would know there is a meeting going on. Yeah, words one and two. Then I looked, Mm. and behold, on the expanse Mm. that was over the heads of the cherubim, Mm. there appeared above them appear something like a sapphire, Mm. in appearance like a throne. Mm. And he said to the man, Okay, listen to this, okay? The cherubim out there, the wheel within the wheel and all that we sing over there. And above that, like sapphire, there is a throat. That's God seated. And And he he speaks from that throat. So between the cherubim, he's seated. This is the actual spiritual picture of what is there in the holy place. Okay, most holy place. And God is speaking. And And he said to the man clothed in linen, Mm -hmm. Go in among the whirling winds underneath the cherubim. Cherubim. Fill your hands with a burning coal from between the cherubim. Ah, between the cherubim, what is actually there? The There's fire. He takes a man in, in linen. He goes over there. He said, take that and scatter it over Jerusalem. Scatter Before that, in chapter 9, he says, all those who fear God, mark them. And after that, he says, scatter the fire. Jerusalem is finished. Only those who are sealed will be saved. Okay, so in the most holy, why I'm saying is that if you look at the uh, of the of the the tabernacle, you have the outer courts, you have the holy place, you have the most holy place. The only thing common in all three places is fire. Wow. The outer courts you need fire. fire. In the holy place you have fire. In the incense and in the light and in the most holy place there is fire of sanctification or judgment. The common thing is the fire that unites all these three places. Otherwise, the work that is being done is different. But common thing is fire. Okay, remember, our God is a God sanctifying fire or consuming fire. 
and cloven tongues. Cloven tongues means? Now, which animal has cloven tongues? Snake. That's what happened to man when he, when he listened to the devil who came in the form of the serpent, his tongue became like the serpent's tongue. Divided tongue. It's a cloven tongue. Now, if you go to James chapter 3 and verse 10, the whole chapter is about tongues. Okay? <laughs> Not the Holy Spirit tongues, but about the tongue. 310. From the same mouth. Same mouth. Come blessing and cursing. Blessing and cursing. It's natural to all of us. We bless and curse at the same time. <laughs> and if we are very sanctified, we don't curse others, we curse ourselves. <laughs> okay. Blessing and curses. And then? Uh, this, uh, my brothers, these things ought not to be. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and bitter water. Bitter water. Yeah. Bitter water. How, does the spring bring forth clean and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, no. bear so all his, his So we are cloven down. And life and death is in the power of the tongue. And the Holy Spirit is coming in the form of the fire. And spiritually, if we were to actually, before being born again, if God had taken an x-ray and shown all our tongues, it was like this. So when the Holy Spirit comes, it comes as cloven tongues to cleanse and sanctify our tongue. That is why everybody who is baptized in the Holy Spirit is given two tongues, one of understanding and one you don't understand. Because with the understanding you say things which you are not supposed to say and without the one which you understand, he cleans it out. Two tongues you are given. And that's why we are not given understanding about the tongues in which we speak. Because God says, if you do, you will not say it most of the time. Because it's not very flattering to you. Cloven tongues. Okay. Remember, even Peter, blessed and cursed. Even if everybody leaves, I will not. And a little later he was cursing. He was cursing. All the apostles realized, they all said the same thing. And they ran for their lives. They all said this thing. So when the Holy Spirit comes as fire, scripture says it comes as cloven tongues. Because this is what is the primary organ that God is going to use. That's our witness. That is our testimony. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Word of their testimony. And you know what actually happens in Isaiah? You remember when Isaiah sees that vision of God, his first confession is about his tongue. I'm a man of unclean tongue. And the next thing the 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 ancient cherubim does is he takes that fire and clean touches his tongue and says, and then God says, Who will go? And he says, I'll go. So I'll go. Why is he ready to go now? Because he knows his tongue has been sanctified. And now he can speak with holy fire. See, look at the procedure, you will see this is the procedure in which God takes his people. Because they are going to preach the gospel. And it is the power of God unto salvation and also judgment. So scripture says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And how? what is the evidence? And began to speak with other tongues. Began to speak with other tongues. Yes. That is the evidence. People debate about it. But the Bible doesn't talk about any other. Every place where the Holy Spirit came, they knew they were filled. How did they know? Because they spoke in other tongues. Immediate. How will he know otherwise? 
how will you know otherwise the evidence scripture says the spirit gave them utterance the spirit gave them utterance this is always god's format for revival format for revival or a new move of his holy spirit you go back into anything anything the welsh revival or the what is that other one beginning of last century the yeah. big one you know that place street yes, yes. asusa street asusa any one of them you will see the pra- pra- format has never changed there was a set of people who came out separated and closeted themselves with god worked on themselves the holy spirit worked on themselves when they were ready the holy spirit came upon them and they went out and revival began never be a different pattern mm. never be in the old testament other situation god if you couldn't find a set of people you found one person that person was closeted with god prepared ready filled and that person that is like elijah elisha and all of them the individuals so there was no all there only one man was there so if it was one and it all begins if you listen obeying to the voice of god separate yourself from the world closet yourself with the lord hear from heaven be filled then go out and when the going gets tough you went out now you're filled going gets tough you never forget the commission but you should never forget the command. So in Acts chapter 4, it's now they have gone out, they have filled, gone out, things are really bad, apostles are being arrested, beaten, and what does scripture say in chapter 4, verses 23 onwards? And being let go, they went to their own company mm. and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. Mm. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of David thy servant has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before, before to be done. And now, Lord, behold that their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness... Ah, now, they're, they're not, they're, they'll never forget the commission. That's the first thing you need to realize. Once you have been separated, closeted, filled and sent out, doesn't matter what happens, one thing they will never forget, that we've been commissioned for one thing. They're not asking that, Lord, can you change your commission? It's not that. They say, fill us with boldness. Fill us with boldness. We need more strength now. More. So the format doesn't change. They so go back and continue reading. Yeah. Uh, uh, with all boldness, they may speak thy word mm-hmm. by stretching forth thy hand to heal mm-hmm. and that signs and wonders mm-hmm. may, be, may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Ah, they're asking for, we want more signs, more wonders to prove to them that God is real. That the gospel we preach is real. Mm-hmm. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together mm-hmm. and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and they spake the word of God with boldness. boldness. So God filled them with the Holy Spirit and gave them boldness also. Because they're very specific about their prayer. Very specific about the prayer and God answered their prayer. And we need to realize that, that when you step out, be prepared for the scorn. 
be prepared for hostility but that doesn't ever change the commission the commission will never change because scripture says in the gospel according to Luke this gospel shall be preached to all nations in the end shall come that's the final sign gospel shall be preached to all nations and the end shall come so the commission is very clear and we know the end will come and the commission and the end are connected together so god's people when they are, when you face hostility like in your office mocking because you're a believer and you walk like that go back in your closet and come back even more filled and with more boldness more boldness okay so understand this format never ever changes so this is how you look at as faith and grace this is how you look at it. they believed they waited obeyed they received grace which is the power of the holy spirit let's go to again to romans chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 romans 5 verse 1 and 2 Therefore being justified, that's the first thing that God does, okay? That's what is called being born again. You're declared just before God, okay? Just. Because if you actually read the KJV version, it doesn't say righteous. It says the just shall walk by, live by faith. Only the justified can live by faith. If you're a Christian by religion, but never been justified, born again, you cannot live by faith. It's a very strange concept for you. It's a completely strange concept for you. So scripture first says you are justified. You have peace with God. You have peace. Accounts settled. You don't have to worry about judgment, condemnation, anything. But the scripture says the just shall live by faith. The problem is living by sight, we know what we want, what all we want. Living by faith, you know you need power. Power of the Holy Spirit, which is called grace. That is the next verse. Yeah, read with God by whom also we have access by faith into this grace it's connected about each day that's why Jesus is talking about daily bread that daily bread is grace each day each day what the believer needs to live by faith is called grace but that's his terms of bread if you have bread for that day, at least you don't have to worry. You have food for that day. That's grace. Access by faith. So you have to remember that faith is a lifestyle, not an incident in your life. It's not like the Old Testament people. When the just shall live by faith will only come towards the end of the Old Testament in Habakkuk. But in the New Covenant, it is how you live. Begins, Romans 1.17 begins with that, love by faith. For them, faith was incidents. For us, sight should be an incident, if it is an incident. We are called to live by faith. And it is, okay, let's come back to this again, okay, because this is the purpose. Otherwise, there is no faith, there is no grace. There is no grace, there is no sign, no wonder, no supernatural, because it is the people of faith, they do things others won't understand. Because it relates to God's kingdom, the supernatural kingdom. They won't understand. So don't expect your family members to understand your decisions. They won't understand your decisions because it's connected with another kingdom which they cannot see. 
If they could see, it would be sight, but they cannot understand it. Therefore, it is by faith. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 4, we will see Yeah. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken. Spoken. Him. God speaks, you hear. God speaks, I and you hear, we obey. God spoke, Abraham heard, he obeyed. Very simple. Faith is very, very simple. God speaks, it could be, like in Abraham's case, it's a big thing. In your case, it could be a very small thing. But you heard, God spoke, we heard, or you heard, I heard, and scripture says, we obeyed. Hebrews 11, 8. By faith, Abraham, mm. when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, mm. obeyed, mm. and he went out, mm. not knowing mm. whither he went. To us, basically it means, like he is the father of believers, faith is always a journey into the unknown. <coughs> journey into the unknown. Sight is always a journey into the known. See, even as parents, when we pick careers for our children, it is by sight. Actually, you should allow children to pick their own careers after they finish class 12. What is that you like? In India, most children end up doing what their parents like. And parents' intentions are very good. They are looking at security. They are looking at security. But in faith, your security is God. Security is God. Okay, so when the child, because the child who some way or other knows a little about God has heard, when he makes his own decision at the at class 12, that's when you actually make your decision, he or she is probably making the right decision. And you could be making the wrong decision because you allowed them to choose as God has inclined them. It's inclined them. Okay, because faith is a journey into the unknown. Unknown for everybody. Only The only known factor there is God. You have no clue what your tomorrow holds. With the confidence that God is there. With the confidence. So Abraham went into actually a strange land. He's never been in that land before. Not knowing where he was going. The only thing he knows is that God said go. And look at Genesis chapter 12 verse 6 and 7. Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem, mm-hmm. to the oak at Moreh. Mm-hmm. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham. And ah, Abraham. Lord appeared to Abraham. See, when he moved into the unknown, knowing the only thing known in his life is the voice of God, when he moves into the unknown, he's met by the known God. Now, you cannot sit at Haran and say, I want to experience you here. God says, you will experience me there. But I don't know that place. God says, good, I know the place. You don't have to worry about it. I know that place. You don't know, but I know. I am the one who is asking you to go there. I am the one who is asking. I will tell you honestly, in godly homes, that's why arranged marriages work better than love marriages. Because parents have prayed. They have sought the will of God. And they found this boy or girl. And then when they marry, they are moving into an unknown. But it works. Because God meets them there. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the other, as long as that is to the will of God. 
you look at actually ratio wise which marriages actually work you will see arranged marriages work better than love marriages well love marriages so walk into the known <laughs> it's not into the unknown Hebrews 11, 9. Let's go to the next part of faith. 11, 9. Okay. First thing is that when you live by faith, one of the first things that if you did not know it, you have to know it and then say lord give me that experience when you actually start living by faith this world becomes a strange place it's not a familiar place it's not a comfortable place it's always a strange place it's a strange place it's a strange place we're not at all comfortable here we live here we're not at all comfortable here One of the fundamental things you need to realize is when God calls any one of you and sends you to a place and you're very happy to go there, He didn't send you there. Mm-hmm. He always sends you to the places you don't like. And you're not comfortable at all. When He sends you. It's a strange place. It's a strange place. Third, next thing written about, second thing written about there, He dwelt with? Yeah. Mm. Three generation faith can be passed on. It transcends generations. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, just three generations. They dwelt in tabernacles or in tents. So you and I have to believe that Pastor Vijay has to believe I can pass my faith on to Abigail and Amy, Joanna and Amman. Sarah, Zoe, the next generation until another generation. Faith can transcend generations. You have to believe. This is, a, this is an act of faith because what you have deposited in them is the word. It doesn't matter how they look like when they grow up. That's irrelevant. <laughs> because if you looked at Isaac, you would say, wow, I am successful. This is a man of faith. But if you looked at Jacob, you would say, I failed. But both were successful men of faith. Because of what was deposited. And if you look actually into the record over there, the one who was in the tent with Abraham was Isaac and Jacob and not Esau. Not Esau. So don't ever look by sight and say, oh my gosh, my children. God says, wait a minute. Did you deposit my word? Yeah, I did. It's a word that does the work, not you. It's a word that has power. My word is the one that will do the work. I will do it. Like if you looked at Jacob as he was growing up and as he is older and all, nobody would have put their bet on him. This is not a horse that is going to win. Nobody. But God looked at him and says, he's the fellow who was dwelling in the tent with Abraham. He has heard. He so has never heard. Has never heard the word. He's not interested at all. So the children who come regularly and sit and hear, they are the only ones you can hope on. It doesn't matter how they look like. It doesn't matter. They are the ones who have got it. It's deposited. But you have to, I mean, maybe next month, you, know, you have to look at this as a faith, as a real life. That is the real life, not sight. 
until we move into that we don't experience really the grace of god other than yes i am saved by grace but that is in the past you are not being saved by grace from the present world of sight world of sight and faith has i mean the story of abraham is like a hollywood blockbuster abraham everything is there the first war mentioned in the bible is abraham he's a man of war so man and he wins by faith with just 318 people against four armies it's a man of war man of war. i mean the thing is that we don't next time when i whenever i teach this if you look at how he went and how we chased those armies it is by today's measurement it's 230 kilometers he chased them and when he comes back he doesn't come back the easier narrower route of via the plains of jordan he comes by the mountains of jerusalem declaring the glory of god and that's when he meets melchizedek okay because faith has all these things faith doesn't take a shortcut it takes that higher route to give glory to god and is met by melchizedek so you have to look at life in those terms and say lord It doesn't matter what the world says the only thing that matters is what do you say about me what do you say about me? what do you say about me? and that is to what we are called and it all begins in the church age it all begins by them separating not wasting their time comes to one place one accord and the holy spirit comes suddenly you never know you never know maybe you attended for 11 years nothing has happened you never know it may be in the 12th year you never know you never when god touched rebecca's womb it was in the 25th year of the sojourn in the promised land 25th year they've been there he was 100 years old he had entered at 75 you never know but the promises of god will never go void the promises of promise All you can do is prepare, wait, and do what you have to do. And this is a walk. It is to that we are called. Is that we are called? So this night, as we close, no, remember, this is to what we are called. Every one of us, wherever you are placed, at home, at workplace, wherever you are, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. like Samuel says speak to me your servant waits speak to me lord you don't know when he will speak to you god knows when you are ready to hear only god knows even we don't know when we are ready to hear we don't know but we have to hear and once we hear from god it's not enough then we have to hear continuously from god start to hear one time from god and then take off start in faith and end up in sight no god says you have to continuously and remember it will create a lot of conflict in your life if you're surrounded by unbelieving unbelieving family members it will create a lot of conflict why because sight doesn't understand faith sight doesn't understand faith it doesn't it cannot understand faith it's impossible for them to understand the kingdom of god okay let's pray Father we just come to you Lord in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, we just praise you, we just worship you Lord. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. We just surrender tonight into Thy hands. The word we have heard into Thy hands, Lord. Your Spirit may move one more time over this entire world. One last, probably the greatest move ever, when you said the former and the latter reign together. And I pray, Father, everyone who has heard and will hear will prepare themselves to receive that anointing, Lord. The greatest harvest ever the world has seen, even in this land. The greatest harvest India has ever seen. But we can only begin that in your power. And we can only begin it by casting out demons. It's a demon-controlled nation. And I pray, Father, every year we'll hear. We'll hear, Lord. Every year we'll hear. And obey. And receive. And be filled. Be filled. And then go out. When we face hostility, come back. Back to where we began. And be filled again. Even with more boldness, go out, Lord. So that the kingdom will increase. For your word says, for the increase of your government, there shall be no end. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us all together. Safely. Each one goes back home. Reach each one home to safely. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.